0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you on the broadcast inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street, In Syracuse, New York, in the regional market, across from Destiny, USA, it is the home of the Dan Tortora Special. Make sure you grab yours today. Belgian waffle cut in half, filled with a bacon, egg, and cheese omelet. My spin on the breakfast sandwich, available for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, exclusively at the Market Diner. In this part of the morning menu, it is exciting for every single fantasy owner, NFL owner, football owner, football fan in general, or... Any human being in the world that knows nothing about football, because we make you laugh, we have some fun, and hopefully give you some information that will help you out as you move forward into the Sunday and Monday matchups of Week 4 in the NFL. I don't do this by myself. I'm very happy to be joined by my partner, Mike Sofka, in this segment, Fantasy Football Friday, which is proudly presented to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, right there in the Home Depot Plaza. If you're watching the games anywhere else in central New York, you are at the wrong place, folks. Got to jump in to the Wildcat Sports Pub and just, I mean, you try their wings, their boneless wings, which are my favorite. Get the house special boneless wings and you will know that I have led you to the right destination. All the games on, all the time. Make sure you come over to the Wildcat Sports Pub, the hub of fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York and home of all four of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Leagues in New York. And for the one down in Florida that Mike and I are in, I'm very happy to say that Mike and I have been around each other Working side by side with fantasy football, playing up against each other for now eight seasons, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome the man who brought you Hall of Fame com and his fantasy advice to the broadcast today and every Friday. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? I'm doing well. And Mike, first and foremost, I don't think you're surprised nor am I surprised about Thursday night football for week four, Green Bay winning over the Chicago Bears, 35-14. to 14. Uh, Jordy Nelson with two touchdowns last week, two touchdowns this week. Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns. But there is some surprise with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen not getting it done. But, you know, when you're a one-dimensional team that relies on the run, you could just stack the box and change the game. So, you know, what can you say about what you've taken away from this? Because my points are Jordy's, Jordy's strong as we thought he would be. Aaron strong as we thought he would be Geronimo Allison is showing up and he's a free agent out there. And then Chicago's become one dimensional and it's affecting anybody that has Howard and Cohen.
1: Yeah, it's not a good situation if you're on the Chicago bears or you're a Chicago fan, because not only are they only running the ball without their two receivers, you know, Kendall Wright looked okay. You know, he scored a touchdown. Um, Zach Miller they can get the ball to but when your next best guy receiving is Deontay Thompson you got a problem, now, Deontay Thompson former Gator, you know I, I, I'm rooting for the guy but he's just not what they're looking for and then that's crumbling back to Mike Lennon who had problems even getting the snap last night, two interceptions 18.7 quarterback rating which is pathetic you know it's it's just a bad situation they have in Chicago hopefully they can work themselves out of it on the flip side, you know, Green Bay, I was surprised at the injuries and how they're able to, to endure and power forward even with the injuries. You know, at one time they had, uh, I think for most of the game, they had four guards playing on the line. You know, now you got a situation at running back with, you know, uh, Ty Montgomery. They said chess, but that's, you know, code for ribs. And, you know, he may be able to play with a shot in his ribs or something just depending on how bad the ribs are or which ribs are, are affected, but I don't know if you've ever broken a rib, but that's painful, and it can be painful with every breath you take, and then, you know, to compound that, uh, Jamal Williams goes down with a knee, and now they have to put in Aaron Jones, who's never really taken a play from scrimmage in the NFL, the, the product that UTEP looked right with 13 carries and a touchdown, but, you know, he takes away some of the dynamic they have with the ability of Ty Montgomery to be a receiver and a
0: running back. Green Bay is just finding a way to get it done. They're finding a way to work through this, and this just goes to show you about the depth on a team when, somebody, when the next man up can step in and they can still protect Aaron Rodgers and they can still move the ball on the ground and still move the ball through the air. Jordy Nelson's two touchdowns looked easy in this game, very easy in this game. Devontae Adams had a touchdown. Jordy Nelson had two. Aaron Jones had a touchdown with really his first real time. He had the most carries in the game of any player for Green Bay with 13. And then on the other side of it, Jordan Howard, 18 carries for 53 yards, under three yards a carry, a touchdown. Tariq Cohen had four yards a carry, but only 24 yards on the night, 24 yards in receiving as well. So he finished it with 48 he has gone down and trended down from the first week of the season to where we are now. He has literally plummeted, and Jordan Howard hasn't done much better, but he was able to get in the end zone for you. Mike, this is a complete I – mean, well, it's got fantasy implications, but is it time to put in Mitchell Trubisky for Chicago?
1: I think they're going to. I think it um, you know, has been heading toward this, but at the same time, if you look at this week, they have like 11 days because they don't have a game You know, for, you know, because this was a Thursday game. So they have more time to prepare a game plan surrounded around what Trubisky does. And the thing that Trubisky does a little bit better than Mike Lennon, he's a little more mobile. He can come outside on a bootleg, he can, you know, do some different things. You know, as soon as that pocket collapses on Glennon, it looks like he's in trouble. Now I've seen him step up in the pocket before and be fine, but you know, it looks like with their offensive line woes, they need to. In a, you know, the challenge that they have blocking and the, the 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 challenge that they have of several players that wouldn't normally be playing, you know, that are playmakers on the offense. You know, it just looks like he's not suited for that situation. So. I mean, I like Mike Lennon as a quarterback. I think he's done, you know, a fine job when he's had the opportunity. It's just, it's not enough. It's not working. And uh, I think this is going to be an opportune time for them to see Trubisky. It'll be a home game in Chicago. They'll have more than a week to prepare. And, you know, it looks like everything's lining up for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would like to see Mitchell Trubisky. I got to cover him when he was at North Carolina for a little bit and, you know, obviously he was somebody who did a lot of things that people didn't expect. You know, Marquise Williams is the guy that Mitchell was behind, and Mitchell waited and waited and waited. I believe he was five years in when he finally got the opportunity to be the outright starter, and he did a good job with what he was able to do. I think his completion percentage was pretty high, and so it would be nice. I mean, Chicago traded up to get him. He's the number two pick overall. We saw what happened with Jared Goff where Jeff Fisher waited an eternity to put him out there, and then they lost their last seven or eight games with Jared Goff. And now you see Jared here in his second season, and look at what he's doing with the Rams. Imagine if he had gotten more experience earlier on. Would they be in an even better place? Would he be even more forward than where he is right now? Would he be at another level than he is because he was, you know, stunned. the growth was kind of stunted in the NFL. You don't want to see that happen to Mitchell Trubisky, and you can't really make the case for Mike Glennon at this point that he should be in the game and should be playing, and he's the leader, and he's this great guy. The team is 1-3. and three. They had a huge chance last night to be 2-2, two and two, make Green Bay 2-2, two and two, and be above Green Bay in the NFC North, which has become more difficult this season but instead i mean it's funny how you can either be 2 and 2 or one team's 3 and 1 and one and 3 it's a world of difference 3 and 1 1 and 3 and then 2 and 2 you're right there with each other one game decides it and chicago was not in this game the whole game through as far as mike Glennon's statistics go he has 93 comp- completions on 140 attempts 66% 833 yards four touchdowns to five interceptions is a rookie quarterback going to do worse than four touchdowns to five interceptions? It kind of, those numbers to me sound like a rookie. So at this point, you know, they haven't protected him well. He's been sacked eight times in four games. But like I said, at this point, it's not like you got a guy with eight touchdowns and one interception and you're going to bench him. This is a, this is somebody who struggled. The team's one and three. It's early enough in the season to shake things up and change things up. You're four games in do you really want to put Mitchell in in week nine or week seven when the team could lose another two to three, four more games? I don't think so. The next game up at Wembley Stadium in London, Jaguars played there last week, had a great time, 44-7 to win over Baltimore. New Orleans and Miami are playing each other there at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time to start off October on October 1st and start off Sunday's NFL matchups for week four. What do you have for New Orleans and Miami? Well, traditionally, Drew Brees doesn't usually play well on the road. This is a road game for both
1: teams, so it's going to be a little bit different. You know, and I think the play that Brees has been putting out is a lot superior to Cutler. I I have Brees as the number four quarterback this week against that Miami defense, and I have Jay Cutler on the other end. New Orleans defense is a lot easier to go against, yet Jay is only ranked the number 17 quarterback on my ranking. That's for a reason. He just he hasn't been very good. They've been relying on Jay Ajayi, and he's my number eight running back this week. And, you know, he'll do a good job. They'll run the ball. They'll throw the ball to Jay Ajayi. He's been able to rack up some yards. Uh, New Orleans, on the other hand, has a situation at at running back where it's still like a three-headed monster. It's kind of hard to rely on one guy as a As a running back one there, I got Mark Ingram as a number 27 running back this week. And, you know, at wide receiver, you're going to have strength in Michael Thomas. He's a number eight wide receiver this week. Uh, Devontae Parker looks good. He's a number 10 receiver this week against New Orleans. And, you know, tight end, nothing's really popping out at me. You know, Kobe Fleener's been coming on a little bit late. He's a low-end tight end one this week. And, you know, Julius Thomas for... Miami really hasn't showed up as well, and, you know, you take that a little bit further, Jarvis Landry hasn't really been showing up either, so there's some woes on both sides of the ball. It should be a pretty good game to start your day on Sunday, and, you know, look for all your points to be from Jay, Dye and Drew Brees.
0: Yeah, you know, look, looking at this game, I mean, it's, it's interesting because of what's happened recently with both of these teams. You know, when you look at Drew Brees, obviously he had the better game of Carolina who can't get their offense going. 22-29, of 220, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But there is that question of what is he going to do? Miami's obviously pissed off because they went to MetLife Stadium and played against the Jets and not only lost to the Jets, but got trounced by the Jets, got shut out in the first three quarters by the Jets, and scored six points in a 20-6 to loss to a team that's probably only going to win three to four games this season, and the funny thing is, Ross Tretzky and I, when he came on, he's a big Jets fan, him and I discussed this, and we both said that they're probably going to steal one from Miami, and they absolutely did in this. Jay Ajayi had an uncharacteristic night. He was 11 carries for 16 yards against the the Jets. So that's not something that you expect to happen twice. Devontae Parker is he got the touchdown in the game of all receivers, and he got the yardage, 76. And it's more even. It's 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 very even. Jay Cutler. Eleven targets to Jarvis Landry, ten to Kenny Stills, ten to Devonte Parker in the most recent game. I think that playing Landry or Parker is a good idea. I think Jay Ajayi as he's a low end running back two for me this week just because of his inconsistency. So I would look to play each of them from the Dolphins as far as as far as Drew Brees and company go. It's hard to go against Drew Brees. Now I had Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees on one of my fantasy teams this week. I leaned on Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees. I know that you know Aaron was playing in a divisional game, but at the same time, New Orleans is going up against a team that's playing angry and playing upset, and I don't want to mess around with that. So I have Drew Brees as a quarterback two, low end quarterback one in this week. Uh, Michael Thomas worth the play. Ted Ginn Jr. If you got to go deep in a flex position. If you're gonna play any of the running backs, I feel best about Alvin Kamara more than Ingram and definitely more than Peterson because Kamara has been getting involved in the passing and the receiving game or pardon me in the receiving and rushing game in each of these. He is a third round pick from new Orleans and he got the only touchdown on the ground last week. So, and he was averaging 18.5 yards of carry only carried the ball twice and had 37 yards. Adrian Peterson carried the ball nine times and had four less yards with 33 so, I don't think Peterson fits. I told a Giants fan this week when I was doing an event in Oswego that they should take Adrian Peterson and be done with it, and he makes sense with them. He goes, you know, I don't want Adrian Peterson for what he did to his son, and I was like, I totally understand that. If Adrian's going to go anywhere, though, I I'd see the Giants being the team that makes the most sense. I think Ingram and Kamara could have a really great relationship in the backfield if they're there by themselves. Ingram... <sighs> He's like a running back three to me this week. So is Kamara, but I feel better about Kamara than I feel about the other two in all honesty right now. And I want to give a shout out to the saints who are trying to do the, they're trying to be with each other, be unified, not upset anybody. So they're going to kneel before the Anthem together and stand during the Anthem together so that they have a way to respect everyone so I want to give a shout-out to the New Orleans Saints who are trying to find the happy marriage of saying, we will kneel out of respect, we will stand out of respect, and you can't say anything about us because we care. And a shout-out to Aaron Rodgers who who had a post that he put up on Instagram that said, I wonder what's going to happen with the social media backlash of these camera people that were kneeling during the anthem with their hats on because they were filming the Packers. I thought that that was kind of a really funny approach for Aaron Rodgers to say, well, these guys are kneeling during the anthem and you're not saying a damn thing. So, you know, shout out to Aaron Rodgers for trying to get people to, you know, laugh a little bit and, you know, find some camaraderie. Police brutality is nothing to laugh about. That's not what I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination. We have to stop what is going on with that. There's good cops. There's cops that are not the greatest. We need to weed out the bad ones keep the good ones, obviously, and help all of our communities to feel safe and sound. It shouldn't be a white community, a brown community, a black community. It should just be a community. America is a melting pot, and we need to be open to the fact that all colors are together and they're not separate. Like I said, we need every single color to see light, and that's why you see rainbows when it rains. So please respect the fact that it is not the black, the white, the brown, the blue, the yellow, the orange, the pink community it is one community and i really hope that we can find a way to come together and that these peaceful protests will turn out to help out those that feel strife and and feel like they're not safe so that we can live in a country where not only mike and i and you and and everybody listening right now but every single one of your brothers sisters friends our friends our colleagues everybody that we know can feel safe so i know i took a step aside from fantasy football but Unless anybody unless everybody feels safe in this world, unless everybody feels like we have an equal opportunity, then I'm not gonna rest until my brothers and my sisters, irregardless of color, background, money, whatever, feel just as good as I do about waking up in the morning and affecting the the world in a positive way. So Mike, I thank you for letting me step aside for a second and I thank people listening. I just want everybody to come together and, and feel safe and feel good, and I just it breaks my heart with some of the stories that I've heard of people that I know and I love. So I hope that that changes very soon. And Mike, I'm I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm, I'm sure that you you would prefer that this world be good for all of us and not just for some of us.
1: Yeah, let's just play some football. Let's, let's cut all the stuff. We're not politicians for a reason. Let's 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 everybody do your job, show up and play. And you know, if you have a, a situation where you want to make a protest, don't don't do it to the expense of someone else. You know, just do your job, do your thing. And you know, how about on your off day on Tuesday, or how about on your off time over the summer, you hands on participate in the community to to make you know things better if you feel there's you know something bad do something about it but you know ticking somebody else off isn't isn't the reason isn't the way to do things you gotta you're right we do have to unify we do have to come together but you know firing a shot across the bow of somebody else is is not a way to send peace it's a way to send a warning shot that's not a good thing so hopefully this will all resolve itself I have a feeling that after the backlash the NFL's received the past ten days, and supposedly there's a coordinated effort to have a protest of the fans on the 12th uh, Veterans Day weekend. They're planning on, uh, or at least there's a movement, if you would, where people are going to try to uh, protest some games and not show up to games and not participate. Supposedly, not watch on TV. I I find a lot of that hard to hard to believe, but you know, it's it's just about. You know, trying to do the right thing by everybody, and I got news for you—you you can't please everybody. It's not going to work that way. There's a lot of different people and a lot of different opinions, so you just have to find that middle ground, that common ground, and try to have everybody get along.
0: Yeah, you know, and the and the thing is, there's there's a lot there's a lot of work to do in America, and if we are the beacon of hope and the beacon of light for countries all over the world, we definitely need to be a little bit brighter because our light's gotten a little bit dim. So we need to work on that. Coming up next, the Bills at the Falcons. Buffalo, you know, my, well, let me ask you this, Mike, because I, I on Tuesday I talk about, you know, all the games and everything coming off of, you know, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday on the show here on Wake Up Call. I thought going into week three, I was making my picks because I do my predictions for game to game every single week, and I was like, okay, these are the teams I've chosen to win But I had an eerie feeling that week three was going to be a weird week. I was like, you know what? I'm looking at the Jets game. I'm looking at the Bills game against the Broncos, the Jets against the Dolphins. I'm looking at the Steelers against the Bears, and I was like, I just feel like this is going to be a weird week. Did you get that notion of week three, or were you completely shocked with some of the teams that won?
1: You know, there's a lot of math involved in a lot of things like fantasy sports and even football to, to a degree. Um, you know, and sometimes it's funny. I mean, did you ever watch the lines in Vegas? Sometimes they're right on the money or within a half a point. You know, there's a lot of algorithms that go into those things. But you know, it, it was a pretty shocking week to me. I, I was quite confident the Jets weren't going to win a game all year, let alone have Miami struggle against them. And that gar- that touchdown they had was a was a garbage touchdown at the end. And it, I, you know, I don't even know if you could really count that, but. um, Getting on over to the, to the Bills and the Falcons, I think that, uh, you know, if you have a quarterback in this situation, if you have a quarterback in this game, it better be Matt Ryan because Tyrod Taylor's just not putting up the numbers. Matt Ryan's a QB1. I got uh, Tyrod Taylor's a low-end QB2 this week. And, you know, running the ball, you would think that LaShawn McCoy would be a lot further up the ladder. I got him as a low-end running back one. And, of course, Devontae Freeman's the number six running back this week. He's just in terror every time he touches the ball, whether they throw the ball or whether they run the ball. And the sad thing is for Tevin Coleman is he's got Devontae Freeman in front of him. Te- Tevin Coleman, a guy who would pr- probably be a star on just about any other team. I have him as a high-end wide uh, running back three this week or a great flex play. Uh, receiver-wise, of course, Julio Jones, one of the top guys in the league. He's a premium wide receiver. You definitely want to play him. But on the other side of the ball, you have a Jordan Matthews is the highest-ranked Buffalo receiver I have. And, I, you know, I, I can't even really put my name or my thumbprint on him. He's a low-end wide receiver three this week. There's a lot better options out there. Hopefully you have one on your team. And, you know, at uh, tight end, Charles Clay's been turning it on lately. I don't know what the magic formula is there other than they can't get the ball to Jordan Matthews or anybody else on the team. So I think Charles Clay's a fine play. I think that um if you're looking for a play at tight end from you know uh from the Falcons I think Austin Hooper is worthy of a tight end too he's number 14 overall on my list this week
0: Yeah you know looking at looking at this matchup for Buffalo at Atlanta <clears throat> first and foremost I think that it's time and I said this, I said, listen, I said, if Tyrod Taylor can't get it done, now the Bills won a game, so they're probably not going to do this. But if the Bills struggle, if the Bills can't put points up, they could make an excuse and say we're at Atlanta and we're playing Atlanta and Atlanta is a team that should have won the Super Bowl and they're a team that potentially is going back to the Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. But I'm saying at some point this season, I think it'll be time to show Nathan Peterman, who is someone that they drafted out of Pittsburgh And Nathan Peterman was was another quarterback that I covered in this country. He's a pocket passer, and I think that he's going to make this team better. I think he opens up a guy like Zay Jones, who has been insignificant to the offense as a rookie so far as a wide receiver. So Tyrod Taylor's going to play in this game. But I said before, if Buffalo struggles early on, I want to see even just to light a fire under Tyrod Taylor at a split time. I really, I would love to see Nathan Peterman in this game. You know, without injury to Tyrod Taylor, just saying in general to see Nathan, but we probably won't. Hopefully, at some point we will. I just want to see what the dynamic will be like in that respect. Lashawn McCoy, like Mike said, you're supposed to be able to just mail it in. You know, Lashawn's going to do his job. He hasn't though. In the last two weeks, he's accumulated thirty yards. Thirty yards in the last two weeks. First week he had a hundred. So. LaShawn McCoy is a low-end running back one for sure. Jordan Matthews is not a high-end wide receiver. He's a wide receiver three for me, but he has led the team in receiving all throughout the beginning of the season so far. When you go game to game, Jordan Matthews has been significant not in getting in the end zone, but in getting you yardage. So that's something to look at. Charles Clay. If you got a two-tight end set, not a bad person to have out there. He's not going to get you a ton of yards, but he has been consistently scoring better than other tight ends in the country so far. On the other side of it, you got to play Julio Jones. Taylor Gabriel, I said he's like a low end. He's like a wide receiver four for me, high end wide receiver four, low three. He, He finally got his first touchdown of the season last week against the Detroit Lions. He's somebody to consider if you have to dig deep or go to the waiver wire due to injury or go to the free agency due to injury. Devontae Freeman, I like him. you got to play him. Uh, Tevin Coleman, he is a running back three right now. He's not a two, unfortunately. I have him on some of my teams. I wish that he would be better, but he's a, he's a three right now because Devontae Freeman is, took that big contract and is doing what I hope the young man would do, and that is not forget that you got to play football. Matty Ryan had three interceptions last week, but he is worth the play in this one against Buffalo, and they're at home in Atlanta, so I like that one for them for the Falcons moving forward. Cincinnati at Cleveland. The irony of this game is that they're playing at First Energy Stadium, yet Cincinnati did not show much energy in the first two games of the season, and Cleveland hasn't shown energy pretty much since they came back in 1999. So, we're at First Energy Stadium, hoping to Jesus there'll be energy in this game, but Mike, history, if it's any proof of what the present will be, history tells us that this will be a 33-30 to 30 game because they seem to play no defense and just try to outscore each other. What do you think about this one? Well, actually, if you're streaming defenses, if you go weak.
1: not a, a top tier running back at all he's a he's a running back three Duke Johnson's been showing up if you're in a PPR league that might even be a better play for you but uh, receiver wise we talked about AJ Green there's not much to talk about from the Cleveland end and you know I don't know maybe you're trying to start a, a tight end like we talked about Eifert is hurt Njoku is a bottom end tight end too he's starting to figure it out and hopefully him and Deshaun Kaiser can get a, a good
0: Yeah, you know, in, in this matchup between the, the two teams in Cleveland, I'm to start with Cincinnati, the road team. Andy Dalton, who I haven't really been sold on at all this season, uh, I would play him in this game. I would play Joe Mixon in this game. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is a flex guy for me in this one. He's somebody, if you, if you have to go a little bit deeper, to try and see what you can get out of this. He had nine points in this past week. And in the scoring, as far as my league goes, he was able to get a touchdown. I want to look at injuries just to make sure that we give you an update here on Giovanni Bernard. Thigh injury made him limited in the middle of the week in practice. He's questionable. Brandon LaFell was questionable, but he's been a non-factor. And John Ross, I mean, this is a guy who I really anticipated and expected could help out A.J. Green, but we haven't seen him at full strength. He's been injured since he got into this first season, the rookie season for him. His knee is still sore, and he is questionable. Tyler Eifert, as Mike said, is out of the game. On the other side of it, Kenny Britt's knee has him as a limited participant in this game. Duke Johnson Jr.'s shoulder has him as a limited participant, and Isaiah Crowell's shoulder has him in the same place, questionable for the game. Sammy Coates, who a lot of people forgot from Pittsburgh, has a hamstring injury, and he's been limited as well, so... With that being said, and one of their tight ends, Randall Telfer, is limited with a knee injury. So, basically, when you're looking at Cleveland, it's easy to say in this situation with all those injuries to lean on David Njoku. He has scored in two out of the three weeks in his rookie season so far. He scored in week two and most recently in week three. He is trending up for me. He's not a big yardage guy, but he can get you a touchdown So I look to David Njoku if you have to have somebody out there as your tight end. He's not a bad decision to make. And Deshaun Kaiser, he shouldn't be your quarterback one or two. He's probably the third on your team. And if he lowered his interceptions, he would have had a pretty nice week last week with three touchdowns, 242 yards, two touchdowns passing, one on the ground and 44 yards rushing to lead the team and match Isaiah Crowell in 44 yards. But he did it in less carries. Deshaun in seven. Isaiah in 12 to get to 44. So if Duke Johnson Jr. is healthy and you have to and you have to literally go to the bottom of the barrel of where do I go on my roster, I got a bunch of guys hurt. He should be, if you have five, six running backs, he should be your fourth or fifth. If you have to go to him, you throw him in flex, but watch his injuries. Kenny Britt, if he's not hurt, is not a bad play to have in this game just because he has been able to get into the end zone. But the Cleveland players' feet to the fire that I feel best about David and Joku, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I gotta go singular on that one for Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, if he's healthy, like I said, put him in flex. And A.J. Green's playing by himself, but he's coming off of a 13 target, 10 reception, 111 yards and a touchdown. And Tyler Eifert's not gonna be there to take anything away from him. John Ross isn't gonna be there for that so not a bad play, and Jeremy Hill hasn't really gotten involved too much in the passing game. It's been more Mixon and Bernard, so Mixon, Bernard, not bad plays, Green and Dalton as well. Before we take a step aside here, Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody a week ago was critiquing this, going, well, the Rams are going to take care of business. Look at how terrible Dallas was against Denver. Now people are singing a different tune. The game is in Arlington, Texas with the Dallas Cowboys at home at AT&T Stadium. What do you think about this one, Mike?
1: Well, this should be an interesting game. You know, if you have a quarterback in this game, you're hoping it's Dak Prescott and not uh, not Jared Goff. However, Jared Goff has been playing very well for, you know, essentially only starting a few games last year, six games or so, and then, you know, stepping it up this year, he looks like a lot, lot better quarterback than I would expect to see at this point. So, with that being said, he's still a low-end quarterback, two for me this week going against the Dallas defense. Dak Prescott, number five quarterback this week. The running backs is where the money's at in in this game here. Todd Gurley, number four running back this week. He seems to have... Found it again. I think what's happened is Jared Goff has proved it as a weapon, so they no longer stack eight men in the box against them, knowing that girl is the only weapon. Because don't forget, they added Sammy Watkins on the outside too, and Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver too this week uh, for Dallas. Of course, you got Ezekiel Elliott. Hopefully, he's fully bounced back. I don't know. I've been hearing some mixed things going on in Dallas here, but you got to play him. He's a running back one definitely. And of course, you know when you're talking about Dallas, you can't forget Dez Bryant. Des Bryant's a high-end wide receiver two for me this week. Hasn't been getting it done, although he did carry about 15 guys into the end zone with him last week. Uh, tight end position, the only guy worth mentioning is a is a Jason Witten. He's the number five tight end this week. Um, but the money, the real the real impact in this game is going to be a
0: running back. Yeah, you know, I, I think and I and I tend to agree with you that running back is the way to go. Los Angeles being on the route. First of all, Los Angeles has allowed some points. Now, they defeated the Colts 46-9, to but it was Scott Tolzien. So, you know, give credit where credit is due to the Rams, but they did not have much pushback from the Colts. The Redskins, that was a loss for the Rams. They allowed almost 30 points, and they allowed almost 40 points against the 49ers. So, that is obviously an issue, and it bodes well for the Dallas Cowboys. Looking at the injury report, not really too much of anything to be concerned about for the Cowboys or the Rams. Jared Goff, this I think this might be a high scoring game. Jared Goff is a quarterback 2 for me in this game. Look at the numbers, almost 300 yards, 22 of 28 most recently, three touchdowns, no picks. I know it's against San Fran, so it's going to be different with Dallas, but he's a quarterback too. Todd Gurley, you got to play him. He finally woke up, which is a beautiful thing to see. Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods have been consistently inconsistent. They both look beautiful, had over 100 yards on six catches apiece last week, but again, it was against the Niners. So I really feel good about Gurley. Cooper Cup, I don't anticipate him to be a non-factor like he was last week, so I have him as a flex position or wide receiver three this week. On the other side of things for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, not a bad play in this game because I do think that the scoring will be there. Ezekiel Elliott, also, not a bad play in this game. And, you know, if you have to go to a wide receiver four and you're looking for somebody, Bryce Butler's not bad to get picked up. Des Bryant, if you got him, you'd feel weird not playing him. I understand that. He is a wide receiver two for me just because his yardage hasn't been there despite getting into the end zone. We're going to do Detroit at Minnesota, and then we'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satura. You're listening live on Mix L R. Dot com backslash dt And if you have not become a member, it's free, and make sure you do so now. This is proudly brought to you, this portion of the show, by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the home of fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York, four leagues of Wake Up Calls Fantasy Football Challenge, and my Wake Up Call VIPs. Head to the Wildcat 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, and enjoy yourself Every single game, every single week. And we're not just talking football, we're talking soccer. You can go watch baseball, basketball, a little bit of everything. Great place to go for Syracuse sports. And the house special wings are worth the drive from wherever. The, if you're in Florida, those boneless house special wings are worth the trek up to the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. Detroit at Minnesota. We got a question from the fans. I want to address this first, Mike. To keep or not to keep Eric Ebron? What would you say?
1: Keep. This is a this is a guy who this week I have number fifteen overall, which makes him a uh, you know high end tight end too this week. But you know he's he's a weapon that you know they're going to need, they're going to rely on, and he's not going to go away. So yeah, keep.
0: I'm, I'm on the fence more so than uh, you know. Mike says keep. I'm on the fence of this. I'm kind of like. 50-50 right now, he has not done a lot. He's been targeted, so that's something to look to. He's been targeted more in each game, three times in the, in week one, five times in week two, seven times in week three. He's only scored one touchdown. He had nine yards in two out in two out of the three games so far, but his targets continue to go up. The question that just came in is, do you play him over Kobe Fleener? That answer to me is no. Kobe Fleener and then Eric Ebron. Is that fair to say, Mike, you would play Kobe over
1: Eric? Yeah, yeah. Kobe Fleener is the number nine tight end this week. He'll he'll have an easier time. You know, as a tight end one, low end tight end one, you know, he should be good for maybe 50 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, Eric Ebron, you know, the, the, the jury's still out. I get it. You know, if you have to make a choice between one of the two, yeah, obviously Kobe Fleener is probably the way to go in this game and probably in the foreseeable future because Kobe Fleener's got somebody breathing down his neck here. So, you know, it's not like, you know, there's not like there's no, you know, implications for either guy not to perform here. So I would definitely say Kobe Fleener if you have to make a choice. But, you know, if you can afford the roster position, keep Eric Ebron even if you're not starting him, he's going to be a guy you can rely on in your bye week. He'll be a guy that somebody else will find value in real quick if you drop
0: him. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys, and the only reason why I I won't, I won't say just drop him is because of the fact that, number one, he's getting targeted more each week, like I mentioned, and number two, if you let him go, somebody will see value, and I agree with Mike on that, and they'll pick him up right away. So, Kobe Fleener, and I didn't mention Kobe in the New Orleans-Miami game. He is not a bad person to put out there if you need some help at tight end and in your receiving core for that game. And obviously I would agree to play him over Eric Ebron because Kobe Fleener has Kobe Fleener last year underperformed and Eric Ebron underperformed. However, the difference between the two is Kobe Fleener has over overperformed this season so far, and Eric Ebron has not done too much. He's been quiet, but I don't know if I'd get rid of him right now. I don't think I don't think I'd get rid of him in this moment, but Kobe Fleener has definitely Given me a positive shock, which is a reason what, that I would tell you to put them out there. Detroit at Minnesota, Mike. What do you have for this one?
1: Well, Detroit's playing okay. I mean, they're not playing as good as I think they can, but they're they're playing good enough to win some football games, and I think they're going to continue that trend on upward. But Minnesota's got a tough defense, and with that in mind, I've got Matthew Stafford as a mid-range QB, two this week. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball at quarterback, Case Keenum is—you know—he surprised some people last week by doing as well as he did. He's a low-end quarterback too. I wouldn't count on him this this week for you know much against Minnesota. You know, running the ball is where the value is going to be here, and it's all coming from Dalvin Cook. He just jumps off the screen at you. You know, looks like uh, you know, an Adrian Peterson back in the day or Marshall Faulk can run with strength and power in between the tackles, can bust it outside, can catch the ball. You know, he's he's a power out of Florida State, and this is something that Minnesota was, was lucky to be able to grab in the draft. The other side of the ball, Amir Abdullah is a, a mid-range uh, running back three, so I wouldn't count on much there. Theo Reddick is a, more of a pass-catching guy, but again, you know, that's a stretch. Maybe a running back four or, or a deep flex if you have super flex or something in your league. Uh, at wide receiver, geez, you know it, it's kind of hard to to put down a Adam Thielen or a Stephon Diggs, even with Case Keenum in the lineup. Those guys this week I got as wide receiver twos. And, you know, on the other side of the ball here, I'm just wondering how they're going to be able to lock down Golden Tate. I think they're going to be able to. I got him as a wide receiver, two this week, a high-end wide receiver, too. Minnesota's defense is just strong all the way around. They can put pressure on a quarterback. They have outstanding linebacker play, and they have great defensive backs. On the tight end, there's a little bit of value on both sides here. Kyle Rudolph's a tight end, one this week. I uh, got him number six tight end overall. And then on the flip side here, like we talked about Eric Ebron, he's the number 15 tight end this week.
0: Yeah, you know, looking at this matchup between these two teams, obviously another divisional matchup. A lot of divisional matchups in the NFC North early on. A lot of tough games in the NFC North early on. Detroit at Minnesota. Detroit's coming off angry at that Golden Tate. No, it wasn't a touchdown, but maybe it was, but who knows. But we can't, but then the time ran off. So this team is obviously upset. Matt Stafford, to me, is worth the play. I know he only had one touchdown recently, but he is worth the play to me. Amir Abdullah is a low-end quarter, running back three for me. Golden Tate is a wide receiver two. He's risen, in my opinion. Uh, Kenny Galladay was not present in practice on Thursday, so you got to watch out for that. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. has been quiet but has scored. Most recently, he did not. So the guys I feel good about telling you to consider putting out there for Detroit are Golden Tate as well as Matt Stafford and to consider their defense and special teams Case Keenum a lot of people are going to jump on this guy I shouldn't say a lot of people some people are going to jump on this guy and say oh my god I got a steal 25 of 33 almost 400 yards passing three touchdowns no picks got to pick him up Case Keenum did something for fantasy owners that we can be thankful for Stefan Diggs was relevant again Adam Thielen was relevant again and Delvin Cook remains relevant As far as trusting in Case Keenum from week to week, I'm not going to tell you to do that as of right now because we had one week of success for Case Keenum. What I will tell you is if you have Thielen, you have Diggs, you have Cook, you put him out there. On the other side, I told you with Detroit, Matt Stafford and Golden Tate are the ones I feel good about. If Kenny Galladay can get himself healthy, the team really does need him and they're going to have to get him back sooner than later if they want to continue to have success, but credit to them with the way they played Atlanta, despite not having him. We'll take a step aside for a fast break, and we will come back with more coverage of fantasy football, getting you set for week four, Sunday and Monday night games, and all, every single game that's happening all throughout Sunday from 9 30 a.m. Eastern time, all the way through to about midnight on Sunday.
1: This is a week of call fast break.
0: The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. 315- 487 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Heading past 11 o'clock. I've done that. This is the third time this week out of five shows. I must really love spending time with you all here on the air. Going past 11 o'clock to give you the advice that you need, Mike and I are willing to work the extra hours, make the extra notes, print out the extra sheets, and do the extra highlighting and homework to make sure you're taken care of to the best of our ability for week four and every week of fantasy football, as well as in the NFL in general. Carolina at New England, rematch of the first Super Bowl that the Patriots won with Tom Brady after Carolina missed a field goal by John Casey, and New England did not with Adam Vinatieri. So, with that being said, Carolina at New England, the teams are obviously very different than they were. What do you think about this one?
1: Well, when you think about the uh, New England, you have to think about Tom Brady, definitely the best 40-year-old quarterback in the league. And, you know, he's a winner. You know, he, he does what he does to get things done most of the time. You know, he's the uh, number two quarterback this week, not surprising, uh, second only to Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, when you look at the other side of the ball, you have Cam Newton, who's capable of being a top-tier quarterback. And we've seen him be a top-tier quarterback, but there's been an effort to change his game, keep him more, in the pocket, not allow him to run as loosely as there was in the past. That's wrong. You're not going to get, you know, a a thoroughbred is meant to run. You know, you, you can't box in a guy who gives you another dynamic to the game. Now, I get it. There's a risk of injury, and a lot of guys that are mobile quarterbacks are getting injured and not able to play, but you're taking away a facet of his game that now everybody knows you're taking away. So, you know, they have a little bit of problem there in Carolina with that. They also have a problem at receiver, Kelvin Benjamin, getting dinged up. And their number one receiver, Greg Olson, out on IR with that broken toe, broken foot. So he's going to be out to about week 10, week 11. So he'll be happy to help you with your playoff push, and hopefully you're surviving until then if you if you had Greg Olson. But, you know, I, you would think that would increase touches for uh, Devin Funches, but I don't have him marketably higher this week than I have in the past. He's a low-end wide receiver three at best. Mm. Their best weapon on Carolina is Christian McCaffrey. They've used him in some decoy situations, and obviously the other uh, the other teams are queuing on him. I've seen two, three receivers on, uh, two, three defenders on him at a time. But, you know, they're going to have to rely on some people, and he he's a low-end running back, too, this week for me, number 18 on the board. Uh, at running back for New England, The only guy that I can really count on, because you never know who it's going to be in the game, getting most of the touches, most of the screens due to, you know, them having such a stable running backs, but a lot of them getting dinged up and rotating, and you never know who it is usually with Belichick. But Gillisley seems to be, Mike Gillisley seems to be the guy that's the consistent goal line guy. And and touchdowns score your points. So I got him the number 16 running back this week. As far as uh, receiver, again, you know, Calvin Benjamin injury hurts them a little bit. Uh, Devin Funches, I don't think, is going to do enough. Brandon Cooks is definitely a receiver that you want to start, though. He's their deep threat in New England, and you know they're going to run the ball. You know they're going to stretch the field. He's the number six wide receiver on my board mm-hmm. this week. And as far as tight end, you have to start Gronk. Hopefully, if you have Gronk, you're, you've been playing him, and hopefully he's not going to get injured for you. But, you know, you saw an injury scare already this year with the violent style of play that he puts out there. And on the other side, there's really no other no other tight end. That, you know, Carolina can put out there. Ed Dixon's covering the role Olsen, but he's more of a blocking guy. And they're going to try to get the ball again into Devin Funches and Christian McCaffrey's
0: hands. Yeah, you know, looking at this Carolina game up against New England in Foxborough, obviously New England hasn't taken care of home that great this season so far, but Cam Newton hasn't taken care of anything. Cam Newton to me, he's a quarterback two at this point. He's fallen out of the one favor. With me. He somehow got me 21 points last week. I don't know how the hell he did it. I think he did it on the ground a little bit. But, you know, Curtis Samuel, who is getting involved, he's a rookie wide receiver. He is on the injury report, and I want to go to uh, that injury report. Calvin Benjamin should be okay to play as it stands right now. That's what the coaching staff is saying. Ron Rivera, after looking at the fact that Calvin Benjamin has a knee injury, I just don't know what that means for Carolina because. The ball hasn't been getting out to these guys. It hasn't been getting out to to Funches somewhat, but not to Dixon, Benjamin Samuel, Russell Shepard, so on and so forth. So in my opinion, at this point, you know, the only guy I really feel good about on Carolina is Christian McCaffrey because he is going to get touches. He was the leading receiver for the team, targeted 11 times to lead the team, caught nine passes to lead the team, and had almost 50 yards more than the closest receiver to him. Devin Funches had 58. McCaffrey had 101. So I would play Christian McCaffrey for Carolina. And if Cam Newton's the best shot you got, it's not a bad shot to have. But he he falls out of favor with me a little bit this week. Tom Brady, you got to play him. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Danny Amendola, he's always on the Injury Report, and he's back on it this week, but he found a way to get things done, so just watch him closely. The NFL Injury Report is located on wakeupcalldt.com. Under the Fantasy Football tab, you will see the NFL Injury Report, proudly brought to you by 315 Chiropractic and Dr. Tim Whiting here in Central New York for your wellness and chiropractic needs. Danny Amendola, watch his. He has a knee injury. He's had a lot going on this year. He has a lot going on every year. And God bless, and hopefully he stays well and stays healthy for the rest of the season. But between concussion, knee, groin in the past, just watch this one closely. Philip Dorsett's been a non-factor. He's on the injury report with a knee injury. And Rex Burkhead was not in practice on Thursday and has a rib injury. And he's somebody that you like for the goal line, so just watch out on that. I would play Tom Brady. Mike Gillis-Lee scored in two out of three weeks. Already has four touchdowns on the season. Play him. Brandon Cook's finally looking like he was coming into character. I'd play him, Rob Gronkowski, and Chris Hogan. I like them all for the New England Patriots. Next game up, Jacksonville at the Jets. Could the friggin' Jets do it to another Florida team two weeks in a row? Jacksonville at New York. What do you think about this one, Mike?
1: Uh, the answer to that question is no simply because the Jaguar defense isn't the Miami defense. Now, we've seen the Jaguar defense play well, and we've seen them play bad, but, you know, and that's this year. But the Jaguar defense can turn it on when they want to. They can get pressure on the quarterback, and that's not a good thing for the Jets, especially in this game. The value in this game is going to be a running back. I don't think you can count on either quarterback. Blake Bortles is going to be a quarterback three if you need to go that deep. And on the other side of the ball, you know, I don't think that you want to start a Josh McCown, but you know, that's on you. He's a number thirty out of thirty-two quarterbacks this week on my board. The value is at running back Leonard Fournette, number seven running back this week, and Mike Gillislee. Number, I'm sorry, Mike Gillislee. Listen to me, I'm I'm on the wrong guy here. Jhia right behind him. Jhia, man, I'm going Miami. I'm thinking below Powell. I'm sorry, below Powell is a number seventeen running back this week, so. You know, he could get you some value, you know, if they can move the ball at all against Jacksonville. I can't really say anything about a receiver on either team. I mean, I guess if you need an Alan Hearns at a wide receiver four, or I don't know if you need a Jermaine Kirsten who's been turning it on lately, or Robbie Anderson who's supposed to be the guy there, but or even a Marquise Lee for that fact on uh, Jacksonville. These are all real low-end quarterback uh, wide receiver fours And you know, in the tight end position, I don't see anything to write home about either. So your value here in this game is on the running backs, uh, you know, both Furnett and Powell. And don't expect much else from anybody else.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not sold on Belial Powell, and I haven't been. So I, I, can't, I can't lean on him for this one. So when we look at this, uh, you know, the Jaguars... They're playing the Jets, and I know they're playing it at MetLife, but they're playing the Jets. So, um, you know, the the Ravens are obviously a better team with a better defense and better weapons and better rushers and a better quarterback. So, with that being said, you know, could it be 44-7 to again? You know, the... <laughs> History leans on no for the Jaguars, but the Jaguars defense and special teams should be considered to play in this one. Leonard Fournette should be put out there in this one. Marquis Lee should be considered as a wide, re- low-end two, high-end wide receiver three. Mercedes Lewis as a tight end two this week. Alan Hearns as a as a wide receiver Three high-end, low-end two, I would say, for them. And Blake Bortles, listen, if you don't have Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady, if it's between Cam Newton and Blake Bortles, I would lean on Blake Bortles this week. As far as the Jets go, I don't really feel good about anybody. I mean, if you have to play Belial Powell and you need three or four running backs, go ahead, be my guest. But I don't feel good about any of the Jets. With the Jaguars coming off of the game that they had This will show some consistency or inconsistency to their season. Doug Marone, the head coach, said this is the time to show our consistency and show what we're made of. We've had two good games and we had one bad game in the middle. Both of the good games were not in Jacksonville, which bodes well for them being up in New York. Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, like I said, Marquise Lee, Mercedes Lewis, and Alan Hearns should all be on your mind for this game. As far as injuries go, Jalen Strong is the only one questionable for Jacksonville for the New York, and he hasn't played yet since coming over from the Texans. Matt Forte is questionable in the game. He was he has a toe injury. Jordan Leggett has a knee injury and didn't practice in the middle of the week. Sharon Peak has an ankle injury and is on injured reserve. So not too much to say about the Jets, and I don't have anybody on the Jets I feel good about. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. This game's supposed to be a good game, but Baltimore, Pittsburgh, pardon me, just got spanked by Chicago, and Baltimore just got embarrassed by Jacksonville overseas. What do you think about this one in Maryland this week?
1: Yeah, if you get embarrassed by Jacksonville, whether it's overseas or not, you got problems, and there's problems in Baltimore right now. They're a lot better team than what they're showing, but... You know, you can only go with what they're doing. You can only base your rankings and your week-to-week decisions on how to play these guys based on their performance. And the performance speaks loudly. There is none. It's no good. Joe Flacco, number 32 out of 32 quarterbacks this week. On the flip side, this is always a close game. This is always a battle game. These teams... Don't like each other. It's usually a, a three-, four-point game. The line's even at three, even though both teams play very bad. In, and Baltimore really laid an egg last week. The value here is going to be at running back. I got Ben Roethlisberger as a low-end quarterback, too, this week, even up against Baltimore. And, you know, you look back at that game against Jacksonville, it looked like Bortles had a great game. The defense gave him the game. They allowed them to do things like run a fake punt when you're up 35 nothing. You know, when your defense is playing so well and you know they're going to stop and they're going to dominate the game and they're going to get the ball back and they're going to score as many as many touchdowns as the offense on any day, you know, you know you can get away with things like that on offense. And, you know, that covers up a lot. So, you know, I think is a low-end quarterback, too, this week. You know, the value, again, is running back. You know, you, you know it's Le'Veon Bell. He's arguably one of the best running backs in the league. The problem is, is Pittsburgh hasn't been moving the ball. They haven't been using these weapons effectively. These guys are weapons, and you're just waiting for them to go off. And I think this would be a good game for Le'Veon Bell. On the other side of the ball, not so much. Terrence West is dinged up. Javorius Allen, you know, does a great job when he gets the ball. He's more of the passing guy, but this is a guy who is going to get you some points. He's a low-end running back, too, this week. Receiver, Antonio Brown, number one receiver on the field, number one receiver this week. They should be able to get some something going from Roethlisberger to Brown. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, a receiver, I can't really say the same. You know, there's not as much oomph. There's no power Black was not getting the ball to guys. So, you know, hopefully you're not counting on a wide receiver from Baltimore. You know, at, at, at tight end, again, nothing to write home about on either guy. So the value, again, is that running back in this game. And it looks like it's going to be all running. It looks like it's going to be a lower scoring affair than I think a lot of people think. And it should be a reasonably close game. But, uh, you know, that doesn't help you in fantasy. We're just looking to score points. So play Le'Veon Bell, play Antonio Brown, and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> if Nick Boyle is your leading receiver on Baltimore in a week, third season out of Delaware, tight end, and no offense to Nick Boyle, but if he's your leading guy in receiving when you have Benjamin Watson, Jeremy Macklin, Javoris Allen, Mike Wallace, guys that, guys that you know, obviously have done some stuff in the NFL, 14 yards led Baltimore's receiving last week against Jacksonville. And I said, once again, no offense to Nick Boyle. I'm saying, where was Jeremy Macklin? Where was Mike Wallace? Nick Boyle's a tight end, and he's leading the team in receiving. This team did not have 100 yards of total offense until 12 minutes left in the game. In the fourth quarter, 12 minutes left, that's when they got to 100 yards of total offense. Alex Collins had some shock and awe in this game. He's a running back four for me or a flex guy for me. Terrence West is an option. Javoris Allen is an option. But I don't trust any of the three of them. So if you have a team that has some of them and you have some other people, then send a message to me and tell me who you got, and we'll figure it out together. Because I wouldn't lean on any of them. And Alex Collins got a lot of good yardage and garbage time against a second-string team. Ben Watson, the only one that scored a touchdown for Baltimore against Jacksonville, is injured currently. So that's something to look at. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't put up substantial numbers for you in fantasy, so he's a quarterback two for me. But Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are worth putting out there. Jesse James has been injured, and Martavis Bryant has not been in practice. So the ones I feel best about, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to echo Mike in that situation. Tennessee at Houston, the old Houston Oilers facing the new Houston Texans. What do you have for this one? Well, this one should be an interesting quarterback play game. And what I mean
1: by that is Deshaun Watson is exceeding expectations just about each game. It's remarkable he's able to do what he does. He's still a rookie, though. You're going to have problems there. But, you know, he's a high end QB2 this week. On the flip side, you got a low end QB1 in Marcus Mariota, who's been consistently a QB1 week to week in this league the past couple of years now. He's a low end QB1 this week against the. Uh, Houston's defense. Houston can really pressure the quarterback and really get after you. So hopefully their blocking will be in line. And you know what? Their blocking's been helping them run the ball. Tennessee usually has an outstanding run offense. Derrick Henry's chomping at the heels of DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray trying to stay on the field, trying to stay healthy. DeMarco Murray, a low-end running back two this week, and Derrick Henry a a high-end running back three this week. Uh, On the other side of the ball, though, you know, you would think that Lamar Miller would be a lot further along than he is. He's a low end running back to this week. And I want to believe in Dante Foreman, but I need to see more from him on the field before I really evaluate him or bump him high up, you know, with the ability to start on a fantasy roster. The receiving core, DeAndre Hopkins, is going to be a, a decent guy. He's a wide receiver too this week. And Rashard Matthews leads Tennessee. You know, he's the guy that you want to have out there. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, this week for them. And at tight end, Delaney Walker is a guy that he's a number four tight end this week. You know, like him or not, this is a guy who consistently gets the touches, consistently gets the targets, and that's what you want when your guys out there on the field. You want them to at least have a chance, and Delaney Walker gives you that chance.
0: Yeah, looking at this matchup with Tennessee at Houston, you know, there's there's been some key guys fantasy-wise. I feel like, you know, there's been some good moments from the Tennessee Titans so far this season. They were able to defeat the Seahawks at home in Tennessee. They're heading on the road to Houston in this game, and Marcus Mariota is he's a quarterback too to me, but if if he is your best option, he's not a bad option to have. DeMarco Murray's another guy that I like in this. I want to take a look very quickly at the injury report before I go any further. For Tennessee, Corey Davis is out. Really nobody else to be concerned about when it comes to their injury report. In Houston, DeAndre Hopkins has a knee injury and was limited in practice, but has not been rolled out of the game. He's questionable, and I would say it's more than likely that, I mean, more often than not, he ends up playing, so just pay attention to what he's doing in this respect. As far as the Tennessee Titans, Eric Decker has looked good in games. Richard Matthews is a guy that's a wide receiver three to me that's not bad. Delaney Walker, not a bad option for you. Any of those gentlemen in the receiving core, they've all gotten their shared due. DeMarco Murray, Marcus Mariota on one side. On the other side for the Houston Texans so far, you got to watch DeAndre Hopkins on the injury report. If He is ruled good to go. Then he is somebody to put out there. He's still getting yards despite Houston's many struggles. He's still doing some good things. Deontay Foreman, not a bad guy to have out there. He has come on as of late. He was the second highest receiver as a running back and a rookie in this past week's loss to the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Not a bad option for you to have. Lamar Miller is a running back three to me, and Deontay Foreman is a high three. Maybe even a... uh, I'm going to keep him in flex. I'm not going to call him a two. So I'd keep him in flex for this one. I'd look at if I had Hopkins, Foreman, and Lamar Miller, I'd lean on Foreman and Hopkins, consider Lamar. Deshaun Watson's still making a lot of mistakes, so I can't lean on him for that. But I will say that one mistake he's not making is giving his first rookie game check of over $27,000 to three cafeteria ladies at the Houston Texans stadium after Hurricane Harvey. So a shout out to Deshaun for that. San Francisco at Arizona. What do you think about this one?
1: Well, when you think about this game, you would think that it'd be a better game than it probably is going to turn out to be. Uh, I, I think the Niners are surprising at times, but they, they're just not consistent. You know, when you got Brian Hoyer as your quarterback, you know, you, you got problems to start with. And Brian Hoyer's the number 29 quarterback this week for me so not a factor but on the other side Carson Palmer the other old man in the league seems to be getting it done he seems to be able to get it done because he had an outstanding running game the challenge is that running games in flux right now with David Johnson being out with the broken hand uh it's going to be like that way for the next foreseeable future here until about week 10 or so but on the other side of the ball Carlos Hyde has been putting up some numbers he's been doing things that are a lot better than we thought they would be. He's been injury prone in his career, but I think he felt, you know, Joe Williams starting to chomp at his heels, you know, before he got hurt. And I think that he really felt like, you know, he needs to turn it up a notch. And it's amazing and sad that they have to turn it up a notch, but they do. On the other side of the ball, surprisingly, Chris Johnson, who was just signed by Arizona, is going to be the leading threat at running back. But I, I don't think there's a play at running back in Arizona here at all this week. At receiver, we had mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. You know, on the other side of the ball, you don't have that much. You know, uh, Pierre Garçon or a Marquise Goodwin, I wouldn't start either one of those guys. Uh, you know, maybe if you had to, maybe a Pierre Garçon. And, you know, at the uh, tight end, I don't think I'm comfortable with anybody at tight end on this game either. So if you have Carlos Hyde, you're going to be fine. If you have, Car- you know, Carson Palmer, you're going to be fine. If you have anybody else, you may want to look elsewhere.
0: Yeah, this, this is a game where, you know, you like you said, Mike, you want it to be better than it is. I mean, obviously San Francisco put up some good numbers against the Rams in a game that saw 80 points on the field. And, you know, obviously this this, this was a big game between these two teams that made it very interesting in, in the last Thursday Night Football last week. You know, Pierre Garçon, not a bad guy to put out there. He's somebody that I said if you're going to put anybody out there in the receiving core, it's him, and he had 142 yards receiving last week. So Pierre Garcon I feel good about. Carlos Hyde is, is another guy to look at. I always joke around about whether he is hiding or seeking, and he has been seeking so far. He has a hip injury. He's questionable, but if he's good to go, he's worth putting out there for the team. Only two guys for me on that side of it. For the Cardinals, Carson Palmer, not a bad play for you. As you move into week four, depending on who you have, if you can play two quarterbacks, throw them out there. If you can't, he is a quarterback too to me, but he's getting the ball out to some very, very well-skilled players. You know one of them is Larry Fitzgerald, and Fitz definitely needs to be out there for you because he gives exactly what his name says, Fitz to the defense. Hamstring injury for J.J. Nelson, so watch on that. Quad injury for John Brown, still nagging him. He's been a non-factor this season, but if J.J. Nelson is good to go he is worth considering putting out there as a wide receiver three a low end two Larry Fitzgerald definitely to put out there and as far as running backs go I don't feel great about it Carl- Carson Palmer though not a bad play in this game because you know San Fran's going to give up points and you saw how well Arizona played against Dallas now they're playing San Francisco and they're at home for this one Philadelphia at the Los Angeles Chargers what do you think about this one Mike
1: well, the quarterbacks are going to are going to tote the note in this one for you, you know, in every every way you look at it. Philip Rivers is going to do a decent job. He's a low end quarterback one this week, and you know, on the other side here, Carson Wentz is right there with him, low end quarterback one this week. They're going to be helped out in the backfield by Melvin Gordon is anyway, you know, against Philly, but. Philly's had a problem at, at, at running back here, and with the injury to Darren Sproles, they've had a problem, and hopefully you're going to run out and pick up Wendell Smallwood or LeCarris Blount. They seem to be the guys that are getting a larger piece of the pie each way, because that three-way committee is now more in, more so a two-way committee. Then at receiver, you know, it's hard to find a guy who's going to step up. Maybe, maybe an Alshon Jeffrey steps up for Philadelphia, you know, I don't see much going on. I don't see a Keenan Allen here doing much. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. I don't see a Tyrell Williams doing much. I don't see a Hunter Henry doing a lot at all this year, and it's he's been disappointing. But I do see Zach Ertz doing a lot. He's the number two tight end this week. So you're going to find value at the quarterback position with Melvin Gordon and with Zach Ertz. Otherwise, not so much.
0: Yeah, in this game for Philadelphia, and this is another one of those games we talk about San Fran Arizona, where you want it to be better than maybe it's going to be, because you know the Chargers have done some good things, but they lose to the Broncos twenty four twenty one to the Dolphins nineteen to seventeen, just lost recently to the Chiefs twenty four to ten, and you know it's just these woes seem to happen in the playoffs, but the Chargers are not getting things done right now. And maybe that move to San Diego will bode well to go back home after only being in LA, not even a, not even a full quarter of the season. And there's already a discussion that, you know, they might be going back. So they are in Los Angeles for this game. We'll see how many fans show up. To the game, to the StubHub Stadium, hopefully more than have been in the past. But, you know, Carson Wentz, he's a quarterback, too, for me. I know some people get, you know, crazy sold on Carson Wentz in the first couple weeks. I'm not. LeGarrett Blunt is not a bad running back, two or three for you. Three, I would put him because of the fact that he's been inconsistent, but he does get touches. Zach Ertz has been the most consistent receiver, and he's a tight end for Philly, so I like him for that. Melvin Gordon. If we go to uh, the injury report, because Melvin's been nursing some things here, if we go to Los Angeles and take a look at what's going on with Melvin Gordon, his knee injury has him lim- limited in practice on Thursday, and he is questionable, but he hasn't been held out of practice most recently, which is a good sign. Philadelphia, Darren Sproles is out, injury reserve. He was put there on Monday. So the expectation for Darren Sproles for me this season wasn't really high and I hope that the man gets better. Uh, Melvin Gordon I would put out there. It's very hard for receivers because Hunter Henry's been shut out. People think he's injured. He just has been a non-factor in two out of three games. Keenan Allen has done some good things. Gates has done some good things, yard, not yardage-wise, but touchdowns. Tyrell Williams, not so much. Travis Benjamin was the best so far. It's a toss-up with Los Angeles who the receiver is going to be. If you need a wide receiver four or a flex, Look to Benjamin or Keenan Allen, and you know Gates isn't going to get your yardage, but maybe he gets you in the end zone. The one that I trust the most of the Chargers is Melvin Gordon, and that's who I would say to definitely put out there as long as he's healthy enough to go, which it looks like he probably will be. The Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game seems to always come around from year to year, and the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seem to Play each other rather closely, although this year I think Tampa's got a lot more than New York does. What do you think about this game?
1: Yeah, New York can't run the ball. They're having a hard time running the ball. Paul Perkins was supposed to be the guy. It's not happening. Very low end running back three this week for me. You're going to find some value at quarterback with Jameis Winston. He's the high end quarterback two this week. And Eli Manning's been disappointing. Number 21 quarterback this week for me, but. You know, I, I hope you're not in a position where you have to count on him at all. You know, as I've seen him dropped everywhere that he's been. So, you know, until you can count on a guy, you know, you may not be able to have room on your roster waiting, waiting, waiting. It's, you know, it's week four. You know, it's waiting is over with. You know, you're a quarter of the way through the season, and you're like a third of the way away from playoffs. So, you know, you got to make something happen now. You know, uh, running back, we talked about Paul Perkins and, you know, on the on the other side of the ball for the Bucks, Jaquiz Rogers is still gonna be the guy there right now. But then next week, you know, we should see the return of the Muscle Hamster, Doug Martin. Uh Odell Beckham Jr., number three wide receiver this week. You gotta start him. Mike Evans, you have to start him. Low end wide receiver one this week. The disappointing thing is in the Giants, they don't really have anybody else at receiver stepping up. Sterling Shepard's had some moments that he's looked good. Deshaun Jackson finally showed up for the Bucs last week. He's the number 31 wide receiver this week. And as far as tight ends go, Evan Ingram's been stepping up. He's a low end tight end one, he's a guy that's a rookie at Ole Miss, and he seems to be getting the job done. But, you know, Cameron Brait is right there with him on the other side, a low end tight end one this week as well.
0: If there's ever been a good time to get Adrian Peterson, I have said it for a couple weeks now, it would be in this moment. The Giants do not rush the ball well. The Giants, Orleans Darkwa and Shane Vereen are both on the injury report. Paul Perkins is the only other running back that they have played. He doesn't do anything. They've refused to play Wayne Gallman, so he hasn't been able to do anything. The Giants are on the road. The Giants are 0-3. The Giants have been atrocious, and Eli Manning has put up some numbers, but he's throwing interceptions. If you had to play a wide receiver 3, it would be Sterling Shepard. Odell Beckham Jr., he's a wide receiver 2 to me because he's inconsistent and the team's rushing attack is obsolete. You would think that Odell Beckham Jr. is the second best wide receiver in the country coming into this season, but in the actual season so far, he has not been. Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, worth the nod in this game because you'd smack yourself if they did well and you don't have them out there and I don't want you to do that to yourself as far as the Buccaneers go the Buccaneers Jameis Winston interception prone he's still not a quarterback one but he has to minimize his interceptions because the things he does well he also makes those mistakes on the other side two touchdowns last week three interceptions not good Jaquiz Rogers, he'll probably have fun against the Giants in this game. Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver three. Mike Evans, still a wide receiver one to me, despite the fact that he was relatively quiet recently. And Cameron Brait seems to be the better of the two between Brait and O.J. Howard so far at the tight end position for Tampa. Brait is worth the nod this week because it's new york and it's at home in tampa we're going to take a quick step aside here on wake up call with dan satora for our final fast break of the day we'll come back with oakland denver indy seattle and washington kansas city in just a moment
1: this is a wake up call fast break
0: the wildcat sports pub in camillus new york is located on 3680 milton avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT here inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast and to this portion of the show, which is Fantasy Football Friday, where Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, give you our synopsis give you everything that we have give you our hypotheses everything when it comes to each week of the nfl and each week of fantasy football we're more than happy to do so this week is week four and we have three games left on the docket proudly presented by the wildcat sports pub the home of wake-up call fantasy football leagues in central and upstate new york fantasy football and nfl fans alike Eat at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Drink at the Wildcat Sports Pub in a family friendly sports bar atmosphere with every single game on the television every week. Oakland at Denver. What do you have for this one, Mike?
1: Well, I have some surprises in my rankings this week. And the biggest surprise of all is Trevor Simeon sneaking into the QB1 rankings here against Oakland. Low end QB1 this week. Don't get overexcited, temper your expectations, but there's a lot worse options out there. And he's been doing enough to get things done in that defense and that running game. is allowing them to let him open up his game a little bit. So, you know, I don't see that letting up in this game. Oakland's defense hasn't been up to par. And I think Trevor Simeon's worthy of a low-end quarterback, one this week. On the flip side, disappointing with Derek Carr, But I think it's the – offensive line where the woes are there and you know you're facing a Denver team here that is pretty good at pressuring a quarterback so I got Derek Carr downgraded to a low-end quarterback two this week we talked about Denver being able to run the ball that running attack is led by C.J. Anderson he's going to continue to do that he's a low-end running back one this week and you know on the other side of the ball for the Raiders they got this guy Marshawn Lynch However, it looks like they're scaling back on some of his use to trying to manage him a little bit as far as snaps, I would say. And there's times where he can't get on the field because they're behind and they're going to be passing the ball. He's not that guy. He's a ground and pound guy. So I got Marshawn Lynch as a mid-range running back three this week. Now they're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit, but the team that's going to be able to throw the ball is not who you think. It's Denver. Denver's going to be able to throw the ball a little bit. Now I've got Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas as low-end wide receiver twos this week. But believe it or not, the other duo in Cooper and Crabtree, I've got ranked a lot lower than that because of the offensive line woes. They trap and push back guards into the quarterback there's no pocket to step up into and that's been a problem with with Denver with Oakland is right up the middle of the line and then that that creates space for those guys on the outside to get to the quarterback as well and the pocket's only so big so it's not all Derek Carr's fault it's an offense influx right now I don't know what their identity is I don't know I do know one thing they're not blocking very well no tight ends to speak of really on either team this week. So if you're looking for a little bit of value, it's in the running back, it's in the quarterback, and it's in the surprising quarterback, Trevor Simeon.
0: Yeah, you know, in this matchup, I, I got to agree with Mike that I don't put Derek Carr as a quarterback one. He's he's had some woes here, especially recently against Washington. He's playing a better defense when it comes to Denver. Marshawn Lynch to me is he's a running back three. At this point, you should have two guys better than him. He had six carries for 18 yards. He has uh, not—listen, when he was playing in Seattle, he was not doing well in yards per carry finishing up his time in Seattle. I'm not talking about when he was in his prime in Seattle, but the last time he was in Seattle, go back to his numbers. They're similar to the numbers of Oakland right now. He's not doing that well. And so, to me, he's not worth the play. Michael Crabtree has a chest injury, but he's worth considering in this one to put out there. You're going to have to put out, I would say, three to four wide receivers, depending on what your scheme is like. So, I got Michael Crabtree as a low-end two for this week. Amari Cooper, I don't really have much to say about him. He's been a relative non-factor all season. I really only feel somewhat good about Crabtree in this one. Pretty good about Crabtree. But Lynch, not so much. Carr, like I said, a two. Trevor Simeon, he's not a bad play for you in this game. He really isn't. If you're trying to decide between him and Cam Newton or you know, Trevor Simeon and a Jameis Winston, you play Trevor Simeon in this one, in my opinion. Jamal Charles, he's somebody to kind of focus on and and consider. He may be out there in your free agency. I did not buy into the fact that this guy was even necessarily going to make the team coming from Kansas City. But he hasn't been half bad so far, and if you got to go with three or four running backs, not bad to have one of him to have him as one of them out there for you. C.J. Anderson, same thing. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in Denver's defense and special teams, not a bad play. And if you have to go really deep, Benny Fowler the third most likely is out there, and he hasn't been too shabby in the first three weeks of the season, so he's worth considering for you. Sunday night football is boring night football this week. Indianapolis at Seattle. I say this and watch them score 33 to 30, but I more so figure this game to be 10 to 3, 9 to 3, 20 to 6. I'm not overly anxious and anticipating the immense wonderfulness of this game. However, Indianapolis at Seattle will be played on primetime football. Mike, what do you have for this?
1: Well, I have Seattle in this game in a blowout. I think Seattle's a lot more powerful than than Indianapolis is on every aspect of the game. And that starts at the quarterback position with Russell Wilson, number three quarterback this week, going up against the poorest Indianapolis secondary. He should provide ample quarterback one numbers. On the other side of the ball, while Jacoby Brissett is an improvement over Scott Tolzien, you know, he's still not anybody you can count on right now. He's 31 out of 32 quarterbacks this week. You're going to find some value in the running backs here. We've talked about it time and time again here. Chris Carson, he's undoubtedly the guy now in Seattle. He's the number 15 running back on my board this week, so you should find some points there. Frank Gore, low-end running back two this week, two they have. Marwin Mack had a hard time staying on the field due to health issues. He seems to be a guy that's going to come on toward the year's end as Frank Gore wears down, I think, but not so much right now, not up against the Seattle defense. At the receiver position, Indianapolis is going to try to rely on a T.Y. Hilton, but when you have Jacoby Brissett and a Seattle defense, that doesn't bode so well. So T.Y. Hilton's a high-end wide receiver, three this week. And on the other side of the ball, when you're considering Seattle – I mean, I don't know, you're going to go with a Paul Richardson? No, you're going to go with a Doug Baldwin. He's the wide receiver one. He's the guy they get most of the targets to this week. And a tight end, Jimmy Graham should be the number eight tight end this week. And for the Colts, maybe a Jack Doyle at a tight end too for you this week. But it's going to be all Seattle.
0: Yeah, you know, Jimmy Graham is so hard to, to really lean on since he left New Orleans. In New Orleans, he was a wide receiver as a tight end. In Seattle, he's a forgotten man most of the time. But he might do something for you this week because he's playing at home in Seattle and he's playing against the Indianapolis Colts. So if you have to dig, then go for it. If you have an injured tight end and Jimmy Graham and you can only go with Jimmy Graham, maybe this is this is definitely the only week that I'd feel good about him so far in the first four weeks of the season. But that's not saying too much about his level of play thus far. As far as Russell Wilson, he's consistently inconsistent, but... He played a better team in Tennessee this past week and had four touchdowns, no picks, and almost 400 yards passing. So, Russell Wilson in this game, Chris Carson in this game. I picked him up a couple weeks ago. I'm happy that I did so. And on the other side of it, Jacoby Brissett, he does some good things, but he's not a QB1 for me this week. Frank Gore, he's a running back three for me. T.Y. Hilton. Wide receiver three, I'll agree with Mike on that one. Jack Doyle is worth considering as a tight end for Indianapolis, but really for Seattle, I'm seeing Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, their defense and special teams, potentially Jimmy Graham, and Doug Baldwin has been on the injury report, but if he's good to go, then let him fly out there against the Indianapolis Colts. Final game of week four, Washington, Monday night at Kansas City. I said to Mike off the air, you would think, on paper, this would be a boring, nothing, nothingness game of two teams that are insignificant. But Washington has worked to change that in the here and now, and Kansas City has been trying to change that over the last three to four seasons. Kansas City is one of only a couple undefeated teams left in the NFL at three and zero, and Washington is a threat. And they just took down the Raiders. What do you think about this game, Mike?
1: This should be a better game than people think. I, I, I think it's going to be Case I mean, Evening. It's been being played in KC, it's a tough place to play, it's a loud stadium but I gotta give Kirk Cousins a nod, he's a number 8 quarterback on the board this week and on the flip side, Alex Smith has been playing pretty well this this year, very low end quarterback one, high end quarterback two this week at number 13 the running back position, you can't argue with Kareem Hunt, this guy seems to get it done, he seems to find a big play in every game whether it's receiving the ball or running the ball he's a number 1 overall running back on my board this week and on the other side of the ball, Chris Thompson seems to be that same guy, just a little toned down. He seems to get the big plays. He seems to you know, have that elite speed at Florida State. But Rob Kelly is the guy they constantly want to get the ball to. And Rob's been dinged up a little bit. Samadji so Perrine finally got on the field but wasn't able to do much. So it's going to be Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson's number 26 running back on my board. Rob Kelly's the number 39. At receiver – Tyreek Hill, again, like Kareem Hunt, just surprising, explosive, a guy that seems to get things done week to week, every week, definitely a wide receiver one in this league this week. And on the other side of the ball, it's Terrell Pryor and Jamison Crowder. I don't see either one of those guys making a big impact, both of them low-end wide receiver threes this week. And as far as tight ends go, Travis Kelsey, he's the consistent elite tight end in the league. He seems to get his share of targets which turns in the points. So he's a number three tight end this week. And on the other side of the ball, well, you know who's been hurt all the time? Jordan Reed. And, again, he's hurt. Vernon Davis picked up the pace last week. He's a number 18 tight end this week. You may be able to plug him in in an emergency situation, especially if you had Jordan Reed.
0: Yeah, Jordan Reed is is obviously – hasn't been – Very consistent offensively, really, at all this year, and he's been hurt. Ribs and shoulder injury, limited participant in practice on Thursday of this week. Rob Kelly is also still injured with a rib injury. He's questionable as well. He hasn't done much of anything, and his game has been questionable. For Kansas City, Cairo Santos, the place kicker, is on injured reserve, which means I have some work to do. The new kicker, for those of you looking for the new Kansas City kicker, his name is Harrison Butker. Harrison Butker is the new place kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you have Cairo Santos, don't leave him there. He's on injured reserve. So that is a note to the wise, including a note to myself of a change that I need to make. In this game, Kirk Cousins, I got him as a low-end quarterback, one, a high-end quarterback, two. You should have somebody better than Kirk Cousins on your roster. If you don't, it's not a bad play to have. I like Samaje Perine in this game and Chris Thompson. How can you go against Chris Thompson? The man has averaged 25 yards a carry in a game. The man was the leading receiver most recently with 150 yards, receiving seven targets, six catches, targeted more than any receiver on the team. Craziness. So Washington, dangerous with Chris Thompson and Samaje Perine. potentially Kirk Cousins for you. And outside of that, Jamison Crowder, if you have to go deep into a wide receiver three or four, probably a four in my opinion. Chiefs-wise, Alex Smith hasn't been bad for you. I still have him as a quarterback, too. I like Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. They're doing what they do. In two out of three weeks, they have been gangbusters. And in three out of three weeks, Kareem Hunt's been getting job done. So I like him. Travis Kelsey, he's been quiet and he's been loud. I still can't put him on the bench and feel good about it. I feel like that's one of the ones where you get really upset with yourself if he's on the bench, make you nervous the whole weekend and I don't want to do that to you. So I like Kelsey, I like Hill and I like Ty and I like uh, Kareem Hunt. So that is my look at Kansas City. I think both teams are going to score, so I don't know how well the defense would bode for you on either side. With that being said, this has been Fantasy Football Friday, getting you prepared for week four. If you want to listen back to this episode or any episode of Fantasy Football Friday, feel free to go to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com backslash mobile and download the app. You can also download the app by going to wakeupcalldt.com's homepage and clicking on the Podbean logo. For Mike Sofka and for myself, Dan Satora. thank you for listening to this special segment presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, your home for fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York and the home of four wake-up call leagues in Central and Upstate New York. Thank you so much, Mike, as always, for all that you do. And I appreciate it, and And good luck to your week this week, and I hope to talk to you soon.
1: Sounds good. And make sure you visit com. Thanks, Dan.
0: Thank you. HalloffameFantasyFootball.com. One more time for Mike Sofka. And a little bit of this for Mike Sofka. we got to do this for Mikey. Got to give Mike some love and let him know that we appreciate what he has done. Biddy, very good. I don't know why I said Biddy, and I don't know why I said very good. It's been a long week. I love you all. Thank you to Mike Sofka for what he's done, Hall of Fame com, and for being my co-host for Fantasy Football Friday Advice. Every single week, we get you set. We talk about Thursday on Thursday. You talk about Thursday night football with me Thursday morning, and then Mike and I on Sunday and Monday games all the way through, and if there's ever a Saturday game, we get going on that too. You can listen back to this show and all of the fantasy football reports by going to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com backslash mobile and downloading the app. And on wakeupcalldt.com, you can also click on the show archive on wakeupcalldt.com and click on the month that the show is aired in. So for fantasy football, if you want to hear this one, it's September, so you click on September and you'll find it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you stay close to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, on Twitter at CallDT, and on Instagram at Dan Tortora Media, YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, the live feed mixlr.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, and of course on Wake Call DT.com, the hub of all things together when it comes to Wake Up Call. Superpowerpop.com as well for my brother show. Check it out, not my brother's show, but the brother show of Wake Up Call, the entertainment show. Check me out there. We got a new show coming up. Today at noon Eastern time, featuring my cousin Nico Reda, and we have a an amazing conversation that opens up many, many a door into the world of entertainment and the cinematic universe of Marvel and DC and so on and so forth, so you don't want to miss that show. And you don't want to miss me on site, on location at New York Comic Con, covering for a super-powered pop with Dan Tortora. I will talk with you on Wake Up Call on Monday morning. We'll have plenty to talk about with Syracuse NC State and so much more. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I love you all. I thank you all. I appreciate you all. Please be good to each other. And whether you're kneeling or standing this weekend, can you just lock arms with your neighbors? Because that's what it's all about. It's all about equality. A God-given right taken away by man. And we have no business taking something away that God gave to every single one of us.